so uh, <laughs> I'll be sitting, you know, on the toilet with my phone watching a trailer and my wife from the other room is like, you okay in there? I'm just like, yeah, I'm just watching a trailer. It's very exciting. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. It's, it's, it's a goofy thing, but I'm a little kid when it comes to things I'm excited about. Even though I'm a full-on adult, it's happening. Guys! What's going on? What's going on? Hi. Entertain the geeky. <laughs> okay, so we, we, we missed last week. Just a bunch of life happened and all that. Yeah, adulting is hard. It's so stupid. I hate adulting. Well, I could go back to being a teenager. That I, was the best times. I'm gracious about parts of it. Like, there's some adulting that just kicks ass where it's like, yeah, at any point in time, I can do whatever I want. And I have adult money now that I did not have as a teenager. That's true. That's true. Like, that's a win. Yeah. You want to buy something? All right, you buy shit. Can't yeah, I really- mean, that's the problem I always have around, like, Christmases and birthdays. And people say, what do you want? I'm just like, nothing. I When I, when I want something, I just buy it. I got it for I'm myself already. Yeah. yeah. I'm an adult. I don't wait around for Christmas to give you a big list of all the things I want for well, the whole year. There's, there's certain <laughs> things that I'm so weird about buying. Uh, so like I have to, I have to get a new, uh, light for our setup here and I'm so fucking turned off by the idea of spending money on this light, (laughs) even though it's for production value. Right. And then, uh, the, uh, foam that I have on the walls, this is another thing. So I didn't want to buy foam to begin with, but it started yellowing. Oh, sure. If you look at the gray and it was like, foam don't last forever. It was like overnight though. I was pissed because I'm like, man, I just bought this shit, (laughs) bought it, put it on the walls. There's an adhesive there. So like, it's a pain in the ass to get off. So now I'm looking at, uh, different materials to put on the wall there. Okay. Cause I'm like, I I like the setup, but man, I don't, I don't want to spend money on it. Like, (laughs) so I'm like, should I wait until birthday or Christmas and be like, will you get me foam? Yeah. Will you just buy me (laughs) gift cards to places that sell the stuff I need? (laughs) That's usually, yeah, that's usually if you find some kind of project, that's what you would ask for as an adult. If someone asks you, hey, what do you want for Christmas? A gift card to Home Depot so I can finish building that thing I started building a year ago and never finished building. Uh, Fucking, what was, (laughs) one of the things that we asked for was uh, Tupperware. Sure. Because I've always bought the disposable stuff since I've been like a grown up. I'm like, I'll just get the disposable Tupperware because if friends come over and I. Wait, then what's the point of Tupperware? So it. It's good. You can wash it. You can use it as much as you want, but it's a little bit cheaper, a little bit thinner. So, like, if you lose it or if you fucking screw it up in the microwave or something. Oh, yeah. Or you leave it in the fridge too long and it goes bad. Right. Then you'd feel less bad getting rid of it. Or, like, if Thanksgiving is here and you're sending people off with food because, like, I do Thanksgiving here now. Sure. I'm like, all right, well, you know, take food, everybody. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel bad about missing out on that Tupperware. But if I, if it was like, you know, a hundred dollar set of pampered chef, I'd be like, man, I look, I'm going to need this back. <laughs> <laughs> I usually feel pretty bad about putting more plastic into landfills. Cause that stuff's going to be there for hundreds of years. Uh, no, we recycle the shit out of that. Like we're lucky here in St. Louis County because recycling's included in a lot of our, uh, Trash services. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we pay a little extra for the recycling, but we don't use it anymore because one day I was outside having a smoke on garbage day and I had my garbage can and my recycling can and the garbage truck came by and picked them both up and dumped them both into the Those same fucks. truck. And I was just like, 
So it's not recycled. That shit then? would never fly here. So like we have, yeah, like, we have two just... different trucks at two different times here in my neighborhood. Okay. But my neighbors are kind of hoity toity sometimes with shit like that. So they'd be like, no, you can't, uh, we're calling the police. You know, so like one of those ridiculous 911 calls, ah, the trash man, the trash man, they'll be like, is the trash man hurting you? No. Did he hurt somebody? No, he's, he put the recycling in it. <laughs> put the trash and the recycling in the same truck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would try to recycle and, and I like the idea of it, but look at the end of the day, and this is a little weirdly off topic, super but, off, but at the end of the day, since we started putting the onus of recycling on the consumer, which it's not our fault that there's all this extra plastic, it's soda bottle makers and, you know, right. bag makers. It's they, they've caused a big problem and they put it on us to make us feel like we're responsible for it. But even since we started doing that, which happened in our lifetimes, right? Like happened when we were young, when we first started really putting we're going to separate out the trash from the recyclable trash and we're going to put it in a different trash can I mean, and we're going to have a green one for the recycling and a blue one for the trash. I, I, I think it is up to the individual to an extent. I do think, I do think if you're, if you're producing products and or services yeah. and let's say you're a multi-billion dollar organization, we'll use Gatorade as an example here. Sure. Um, I do drink a lot of Gatorade. Is yeah. there is there a reason why they couldn't use something that was a little more eco friendly and it, like a biodegradable plastic? Right, it should be on the onus should be on them to fix this problem because since we've started doing recycling, I I heard somebody talking about this at one point. Uh, I've we've only recycled like ten percent of the things we intend to recycle, huh. so it's not working. Right, it's not actually a measure that's protecting anyone or saving anyone. It's just a bunch of nonsense, and it should be on the companies that produce these kind of products to find better ways to produce their products. I mean, I don't just. I I feel like we should go back to glass bottles anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a pleasurable experience, and you could turn them in. Yeah, exactly. When our parents were kids, that's what you did. You got a bottle of Pepsi, collected a bunch of bottles, Mm -hmm. and and you 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 said, "I'm getting five cents for each bottle, and I need ten dollars for this concert, so I need, you know, (laughs) this many bottles to get my ten dollars." Well, I mean, no, no, no. Even even with that, so like, if you got soda, it came in a glass bottle back then. Oh yeah, and you would, you were. I guess, yeah, you might have got five cents off your next Pepsi that you bought or whatever when you turned no, like, in at the grocery store. No, you could actually, like, take those gla- – you can still do that. You can take glass bottles to uh-huh. a recycling center and here, and they'll give you some cash. Right. Yeah, like, you can still do that. It says it usually on the glass well, bottle. How, mu- how much easier of a process – because isn't, isn't glass from sand? Uh, yes. So how much easier of a process is it to just melt down your existing glass versus having to refine it from a raw material? I'm well, sure, sure it's yeah. much easier. Of course, yeah. Uh, and less labor intensive and all that. So it makes more sense. Like, right. why don't why don't we do more glass bottles? I don't know. That's yeah. not our thing on the show here. So sorry, guys. No, yeah, that's not. It's just a kind of a tangent. I think you, you, you got me into. Sorry, that's I, okay. I didn't mean it. What are we talking about? So, we're talking about stuff. We're yeah, yeah, nerdy this, stuff. Th- this week we're talking about the shit that we've been up to, the things that we've been engaging with, and okay. uh, so we have our bonus content picked out, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it just yet. Yeah, you gotta wait. You gotta, um, it's bonus content. But you gotta uh, wait for that. So what, what have you been up to these past two weeks here? Because it's, it's been a moment. Uh, yeah. So, um. 
I am currently rereading the Homeland trilogy of Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. D&D novels uh, because they did these like 25th anniversary, like complete editions that have all three books in the series in one big book. And I was uh, down at a different store working one day and they had it on their shelf. And I was like, oh, I'm taking this. This is mine now. <laughs> and then I, when I got back to my store, I ordered all the other the other three. Nice. Because you know, they're like 20 bucks a pop and it's three, four books uh, in one. Fuck, I need to get those. Yeah, yeah. The first one, I'm having a hard time getting back in. But two, three, and four, I didn't get it. And that's the, this is the whole original series of books. It was like, it was four, seven, ten... 13 books mm-hmm. yeah 13 books in the original series um but yeah so i've been rereading that and uh i flew through the first one uh homeland that book is so good it's just it it's really it was really my first when i was young it was really my first window into drow society uh, okay dark elf <laughs> if you're unfamiliar out there um and their society is just nuts like the whole you know inviting treachery and if you can cleanly kill someone, you just get away with it. No one cares. They, in fact, they applaud it. You know what I mean? You can you can just destroy another house in the hierarchy, which is how the book opens. And as long as you kill everyone that could point the finger of you at you of noble birth, it's they just pretend it never happened. Like you. No, what are you talking about? That house never existed. It was always this house. <laughs> Sounds like corporate America. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a you know it's an Ouroboros, right? It's a yeah. snake that's eating its own tail, right? Uh, and the opening chapter when they're making war on this house, the two noble brothers of this house are there. Nalfin, he's the elder boy of the house, and Dinan, he's the second boy of the house, and. They're kind of wandering through after the initial wave and they're kind of just mopping up things and looking for anybody that's left alive. And at one point, Dinan just says, what was that? And Nalfine, who's a, a mage, he kind of points his little staff like, what's up? And he gets stabbed in the back. Oh, um, man. And Dinan leans, leans in real close to him, close to his ear and says, uh, now I am the elder boy of the house and Nalfine be damned. And so like right away, Damn. you're just like, this place is brutal. Like, and he's not punished for that. It's, it's, that's, I mean, one of the things, one of the quotes from the book that I love is, uh, those most noble in our city spend their lives watching over their backs for the knives that would find them. Their deaths usually come from the front. Now that's a roundabout way of saying, the mo- the people you have to fear the most are the people that are close to you, that right. have the most to gain from your death. Yeah, keep your friends close, enemies closer yeah, kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, like, right away, I mean, it just gives me chills just talking about it, right? Like, right away, you're just like, what is this place? And then as Drist is born, the young dark elf, the baby that's born that night, he was to be sacrificed, actually. That's another thing that happens that's crazy. No they sacrifice their third-born son to Lolf. It's part of their their life, their their, their religion, yeah. yeah. Uh, but after Nalfin got killed, they were about to stab the baby, and the 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 priestess, the sister that was connected to Nalfin, felt his death. And she's like, "Up, oh, not a third son." And she went, "Whoa, stop!" And she was like, "What? We have to sacrifice the child for our victory to be complete." And she goes, "He's not the third born child. He is the second boy of the house." 
Oh, wow. And her sisters all confirm this, right? Because they're all psychically linked to mm -hmm. various people that have been out hunting. And he lives. So he was to be sacrificed on the day of his birth. Jesus. It's only Dinan's betrayal of Nalfine. That saved him? That saved his life. Holy yeah. cow. And trust me when I say he did not do that to save his life. Right, right. He did that to better his station in their house hierarchy. Uh, because Drow society is also matriarchal. Mm -hmm. So the men are left to fight amongst themselves. The women don't even really care what the men do. Right. Right. Uh, unless that's. That thing is disrespecting the women <laughs> or, uh, you know, disrespecting the religion right, or, or dishonoring speaking the out name. of turn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. That's intense. Yeah. So I flew through that first book. The first book is Driss growing up and him uh, going to going off to the academy, becoming a fighter, becoming the most skilled fighter in, in his entire society, really. I mean, that's how they describe him in the book. Um, and then seeing what his society really is and realizing he wants no part of it at all. And instead of just being trapped in an endless cycle of violence, he decides to leave. Becomes an adventurer. And go out into the Underdark, which is not a place to start an adventure if you've ever started an adventure there. The Underdark is a crazy, dangerous place, and he's all alone, save for the magical panther that he carries with him. He's got this little statue, this mm -hmm, little onyx mm -hmm. statue of a panther that he can summon from the astral. Come, planet. Tigro. Yeah, Guinevar. Guinevar is the name of the Tigro panther. is just what I was calling <laughs> So that's, that's one nerdy thing I've been up to, but what about you? So I actually, funny enough that you mentioned that because I, I love the lit RPG thing, um, and I just finished uh, He Who Fights With Monsters 8. Nice. I don't know if you've got into that series at no, all. No, I haven't. It's fucking incredible. But um, it, I don't read these books. I listen to them audio, in, on audio form. Sure. And uh, the guy that does it, Shirtaloon, is the author. I forget the gentleman's name who actually narrates it, but he's Australian. Okay. It works out splendidly because the main character is a Japanese guy that was raised in Australia. Uh, Plus, you got those soothing Australian tones. Oh, and everything, and yeah. everything. So <laughs> it, it's it's interesting because in the series, um, this guy basically wakes up in another world, sure, uh, naked, bald, and it's because he died. And there's something called the World Phoenix that gave him a, a rebirth in a completely different universe, more or less. So he uh, he wakes up in this like high fantasy magic world yeah. where he has to he, his initial um, his initial interactions with other people in this world are them trying to sacrifice him. Okay. So they're getting ready to kill him, and this group of adventurers is also captured, and he does this thing where he sets them free somehow, and they're like they're like there's no reason that you you because you're a bitch should have been able to rescue us and there was no reason for you to even do it just because we don't know each other and he's like no he's like you gotta you gotta look out for people and that's like the main character's whole thing through this whole series is no i gotta look out for people that can't look out for themselves okay. and they describe him as batman-esque at, at certain points in the story sure uh but oh my god so he ends up getting into it with this they call it an astral being and it's a it's it's a god more or less. Sure. And these beings are technically more powerful than gods in most circumstances. They are the ones that deal with basically shaping 
shaping the universe. Oh, the primordial forces. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the world phoenix is one, and the builder is another. Well, you learn over the course of the story that the builder was once immortal, and the builder has this just total hard-on for the main character, Jason. His name's Jason Asano. Even more reason for you to read Weird. Uh, yeah, okay. So there's this friction <laughs> all the time, and... Um, Jason goes as far as to like spit in this astral being's face, talk to him like he's a peer. And people are like, you don't talk to astral beings like you're their peer. You're not even diamond rank. Sure. You're a boy. You know? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, that's not how shit works on earth. He's like, anybody can talk to anybody anyway. Sure. Uh, it doesn't matter what your status is. So just, just finished book eight of that book. Nine comes out in a couple of days here. So I wanted to make uh, sure okay. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. You want um, to reread that last one to get, I didn't even back. reread it. So I was just oh, behind. I, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took a few months off because I was like, man, all I'm doing is listening to this series. I need to like fucking go live life a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've had, you know, if you, if you've got downtime doing whatever, you can listen to an audiobook. So I just fucking yeah. pop a headphone in and be like, all right, here we go. Right. And, uh, Oh my God, the friendship stuff that they did in this series um, so these adventurers that he rescues early on, he becomes very good friends with them. And this is all sounding very like eighties D and D cartoon too. Totally is eighties right? D&D where he like, cartoon. Where he like the one kid gets, or the kids get like sucked into the fantasy world and the quest is they're trying to find a way home. Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> this is very eighties D and D cartoon. It's so fucking good though. <laughs> and it's a grown up. He's a full blown grown up. Well, so. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they were but, kids in the old cartoon. Right. Um, but yeah, it, so I've been, I've been just sucked way into that. And then I found out, uh, over the past couple of weeks here that Dungeon Crawler Carl, another series that I'm absolutely in love with is about to get it's, I think it's the seventh, seventh or eighth book, something like that. I don't know. Nice. Uh, yeah, seventh book. Um, and I'm just like, fuck. So they, they released the, uh, audible version so you can read it. Um, I will only listen to this series. Jeff Hayes, the guy that narrates it, yeah. is freaking insane. Sure. Uh, so it's like it's like listening to a movie, basically. And this guy does every voice and all. Oh, my Yeah, I mean, God. I get that. I think the, the problem I've always had with audiobooks, because I've listened to books before, but the problem I always get into is I, when I'm listening to someone read the story to me, I'm getting their affectation and their uh, context. I like holding a book in my hand and reading it myself because I want to create that, right? Like, sure. I want to see between the lines. I want to create the mental picture. seems like when I'm listening to someone else, because of connotation and syntax and, sure. and how, you know, dialogue lines are delivered and stuff, you're interpreting the intensity or lack thereof within this particular right, but, moment. But you watch a movie, yeah, but that's that's why books are different, right? Like, I guess I guess because like that I, gives you the reader the option of you're how the you're it's the painted. director yeah, at that point. How in time. that mental picture is painted comes down to you. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that, but it's it's lovely to hear somebody's interpretation of it. I guess it's sure. it's fun, it's enjoyable, and it gives you the opportunity again to if I'm trying to do something else, if I'm reading something, I have to sit there and read it. I can't be doing shit on top of that. Right. Uh, I lack whatever mental wherewithal it takes to do that. (laughs) Um, And I think anybody that's reading something with any kind of, uh, you know, intensity or anything like that would be in the same boat. You can't, you can't do dishes and read a book. Well, no, of course, you know, so it's nice to be able to do that with an audio book. Yeah. And most of the time, if I've ever, if I've done audio books, it's of things I've read. Okay. And already 
And it's like, yeah, I would love to hear this story again, but maybe I'll let Patrick Stewart tell it to me today. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good man, sir. (laughs) He is a great man. He's also a sir. I know. He is knighted. That's why I said sir. Yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. (laughs) I need to go to England so I can get knighted. I don't think you can just go get knighted. I think there has to be a purpose for your knighting. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll give him a reason. Oh, yeah? I'll be like, you fucking do do this now. Uh (laughs) I'm an American. (laughs) And they'll be like, that's the problem. Instant (laughs) gratification is my thing. (laughs) Don't shame me for that. I'm going to use my credit card to do this, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting that we're both absorbed in book series. That's interesting. I I did not expect that. Oh, dude. (laughs) I'm so well, I never would have given it a shot. Never would have given it a shot. But uh one of my childhood best friends was like, You have to listen to this series, this series, and this series. And I was like, Look, man, I appreciate what you're saying here, but I have so many irons and so many fires right now that I'm not even gonna begin to try to fuck with that. And he's like, just listen to it while you're doing shit, asshole. Sure. And I was like, All right, fine. So he got me started with Dungeon Crawler Carl. And if you've not done a lit RPG audiobook, Dungeon Crawler Carl is for sure the place to start. Fucking incredible. Um, Jeff Hayes, amazing uh, narrator. Matt Denham and the writer, brilliant. I've tried to get both of them on the show. Yeah. Uh, I had more luck with Jeff Hayes than Matt Denham. Matt Denham's very busy. He plays in a band, he's doing all these audiobooks. Sure. Um, I actually got to talk to Jeff Hayes's people and they were talking about, they were like, all right, you know, we would, we would like to work with you in some capacity. We just don't know what that is yet. Okay. And then they ghosted me. Sure. Dicks. Um, no, they're fine. It happens. They're it's busy. The Dude, they're, they're busy. We're not, we're not big enough for people to pay attention to right. like that yet. So. Right. Well, there's, I mean, maybe one day we'll have that kind they, of pull. They, they took the time to have a half hour video call with me, which I appreciated. Sure. You know, so. Like, I would love to be able to reach out to, you know, people like Salvatore and just say, hey, do you want to come talk about the new novel you just released? Right. And they say, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you want to jump on Zoom, buddy? And you're yeah. like, yes, I do. <laughs> Zoom me. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll have that kind of pull. Oh, we will. We will. We we may. I think it's about the pull that you assume. That's the, that's the funniest thing about doing this. Um <laughs> I did like, get Scott Snyder to retweet me that one time. Right. And like, we've had things like that a few times and like people yeah. have been like, yeah, we'll fucking, we'll chat with you a little bit or whatever. Sure. And it's cool. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> We're so terrible. We don't know why anybody would want to talk to us. <laughs> well, I think, I think if like, uh, I think if anybody listens to the show, I think they know that we we care about the hobby and the culture and oh, all that. Oh, we do. That. We and definitely do. I think that's one of the things that'll that's our like in. Yeah, I think I think the problem I have had uh, that I used to have when talking about this thing or that thing is I'm always just really excited You're about a fan. everything. Yeah, and I think that kind of can come off as boring, right? Like because a lot of things I think that people want to see is dissent. People want to hear that you didn't like that thing. I don't know why that is. It bothers me because I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear why you didn't like that thing. I want to hear why you liked it, you know? I mean, if it, so if there are glaring problems with something, I, I think it's we something. We can have, I mean, we've yeah, had we, honest conversations yeah, we on the show have, about we should have conversation. glaring problems. Right, but, but for the most part, like, it's okay 
to fucking like it. And it's yeah. okay to like it for what it is. Well, yeah. And, and that, but that's what I don't understand. I mean, I talked about that when we, when we were talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm -hmm. I talked about that, like this thing I'm seeing where people are just down on everything Marvel's doing right now. And is it all perfect? No, but it's never all been perfect. Right. You know what I mean? Like we had a couple of monster smash successes and everyone just remembers everything about those first three phases as a monster smash success when that was not the case. No. There was a there was a lot of misses before we got to some good hits. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So I just don't yeah, I just don't understand why the popular stance right now is to hate on it. Be I <laughs> Well, I, I think it's like with Marvel in particular, I, I have a, a Scott Snyder thing too, so I'll come back to that. But with Marvel in particular, um, I think that it is so mainstream now that yeah. it's cool to not like it. It's cool to go against the grain. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing because Ant-Man and the Wasp was a fucking kick-ass It was a good flick. movie. It was a I, why didn't everybody like flick, that movie? Dude. I loved that movie. Um Legend of the Five Rings. That was a kick-ass flick, dude. That was a awesome. badass kung fu yeah. just thriller. It had Tony Leung in it. What more right. do you people want? Badass fucking movie. Uh, multi He's one of the number one celebrities in China. Like, what more do you people want? <laughs> uh, Multiverse of Madness was a fucking... That was a cool movie. You did need some background to well, yeah, get into it. you had to it, watch but, WandaVision. But it was a cool-ass movie, man. Yeah. Um, and, like, the recent Marvel movies, I've been very taken back by. I'm like, man, these are fucking cool. I'm super ready for Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Oh, dude, anything ready. that James Gunn touches, I'm super good with. Super ready for that. I can't wait for that. That I I remember when I started at the shop, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy had just come out, and you had a you had that thing playing on the TV. 24 7 at the family. When the shop. trailer, when the first trailer dropped, every single person that walked in the door, I was like, Did you see the trailer? Oh, Come here. I got it queued up. Get over here. We're going to watch it right now. I think we watched the first day that trailer went up. I think we watched it over a hundred times <laughs> just from different people coming in and out of the store because that trailer dropped on a Tuesday. And Wednesday is the day the when I would thing, see yeah. all my nerds, you right. know, all my nerd friends. And yeah, I think we watched that trailer like a hundred times. You're like, come here. My coworkers were tired of it. Sit, like, sit on Papa's lap. We're gonna watch this together. <laughs> and and I remember when Colonius came into the store. One of the things he said was, "See, this is where they're gonna fail. No one gives a shit about these characters like I do, but the mainstream audience." And how wrong we were. Oh my god. Well, that was so. At that point in time, that was the breath of fresh air for superhero movies. Um, yeah, but it wasn't anything different. It was just Space Avengers. Right, but it, was, it wasn't it was characters that we've been seeing all the time every day for the last 50 years. Okay, first of all, we're only, we're only just past phase one at that point, right? Guardians of the Galaxy mm -hmm. came out prior to Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. But also, look, while I, I get what you're saying, the characters are different, the archetypes that those characters fill are exactly the same. Right, right. Star-Lord is Captain America. He's the man that comes from a different time right. and doesn't fully get your new fangled future he's, ideologies. He's not the Boy Scout that we have with Captain America or Superman. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm not okay, done. Shoot, right? shoot, shoot. Tony is Rocket. Okay. They're both drunks who quip and are smart asses to everyone else around them for no other reason other than they kind of like being smart asses. Gamora is obviously Black Widow. They're both super stealthy trained assassins and they're going to go in and they're going to kick your ass and you're not even going to know they were there. Right? Uh, 
Groot is Hulk. He's the big, strong guy. Okay. And Drax is Thor. He's kind <laughs> of a dumb guy, but he's super strong. He super may be a god. Head, yeah. Right? Like, it's just Space Avengers. Yes, are the characters not the same people? Sure, but they fit the same archetypes so that the movie hits the same. It was just Avengers with aliens, is what it was. Again, based on... And I'm not knocking it for that. (laughs) I love the movie, but I'm saying, like, there was no way they were going to fail. They already had succeeded with Avengers. Right. The the blueprint was there, but the the thing that... The thing that was so fresh about it was, again, I'm not seeing the the characters that have been in front of me all the time in all media. Like, any time you get online or any time it's in the news or something like that, they don't talk about, oh, now fucking Drax is gay. They're like, oh, now Superman's gay. It's always I mean, sure. the mainstays that sure. people are most concerned with. So it was very cool and very fresh to get characters that were Oh, yeah, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I know, I know you did. The third one, yeah, I'm very excited and a little scared that this is going to be the end of Rocket. Uh, I think that's the big gut punch that they're hiding probably. in this movie is that this is Rocket's finale. Right, right. And that's probably why the Guardians will disband. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I'm calling it. Well, they they fucking. I don't like it, but I think that is what's going to happen, and I'm not alone. They've written... all of you out there have been talking about this on the internet for months. <laughs> they've ridden this fucking Groot thing to yeah places we never knew it would go though. Well, and I think we're finally we're finally back to a version of the first movie's Groot, right? Right, a full on. No, I'm a big tree guy, and I'm really cool, but. He seems like he's not as nice as the original Groot was because the original Groot wasn't raised by these crazy people. Right. The second Groot was. So he's more akin to who they are now, which I think was a nice little way to evolve him into something different than what he initially could have been. Yeah, to create one. He's seen fucking universe ending threats now, which you know he didn't see the first go around. Uh, No, he definitely did as the first go around. They're Flora Colossi. They're the oldest beings. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. They've watched Rise and Fall, man. But I'm talking him have personal experience with a Thanos or something like that. Yeah, the Flora Colossi protected the balance of the universe. They've definitely dealt with like universe-ending threats. Groot is is a young one in in comparison to some of the other ones. Not the first Groot. Not the the first Groot was like centuries old. Yeah, but centuries is a few hundred years. Well, I understand, but... He's he's dealt with some despots. He's a Flora Colossi. And okay. for his lifetime, he was the last Flora Colossi. Fair enough. Now, I, they didn't really do that in the movies. But in the comics, yeah. Like, no, that's who Groot is. He's The Flora Colossi were the oldest beings in the universe. No, and that, that, that part I understand. But I'm talking just where Groot's been since we've seen him. Because... So the Flora Colossi, one of the things that they that happens to them, the only reason he can say I am Groot is as they get older, their vocal cords like harden or something like that, and they lose the ability to speak altogether other than basically grunts and groans. Um, so they start off when they're younger being able to speak, and then getting older, they're supposed to lose the ability to talk. I mean, the Flora Colossi don't talk like you or me. That's why right. when we hear one talk, it just goes, I am Groot. Right. Right. But eventually, that's not what it's saying. Eventually, they lose the ability to even say "I am Groot" based off of what I've. No, yeah, but they don't. They don't need that right, ability. Right. Flora Colossi communicate through um, 
scents and and pheromone yeah. and stuff like that. They don't need to talk to each other, right? Sure. They're plants. <laughs> Although I did really like there was in the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that Square yeah. Enix did, there was a moment where they go to a planet that has these old plants called the uh, uh it doesn't even matter what they're called. They're supposed to be very old and they're sentient, right? And they're like, well, we got to get into this cave. Is this plant going to move out of the way? And the one girl goes, well, maybe if you ask it nicely. And Groot, just realizing what's going on, just walks up to it, bashes his hands onto it, and just screams, I am Groot! <laughs> and it moves. And I remember playing that and Corey going, what just happened there? I was like, uh, the Flora Colossi are like the first plants. He they're told the, it to get the fuck the out of the way. They're the gods of plants. <laughs> And this is the last one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay, so I told you I'd come back to the Scott Snyder thing. Sure. Did you... So they just launched their own independent publishing thing. Did you see that? I did. That's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the book was, though. They talked about a book in an interview recently. Yeah, It's gone. I lost it. But... Uh, yeah, Snyder's been Snyder's kind of been taking a back seat from the main mainstream yeah. stuff for a while. Like he's doing, doing more with he's doing more image, with image. Yeah. yeah, he just did. He's actually just in the process of doing a book with Francis Manipal. God, what a team up that was! Right, uh, called Clear. That's actually pretty weird, but also quite interesting so far. It's only going to be three issues, and only two are out so far. He's good at weird, though, man. He is. He, he does is. it well. Yeah, he's also still doing Noctera, I believe, which is also an image book. Witches is getting an Amazon adaptation, which is fucking crazy. Really? Yes. Weird. Yeah, I'm like, How? all the Scott Snyder didn't last shit, very long. It didn't, but it was fucking good. I mean, sure, but like, what are they going to... What, how are they going to tell the story beyond if, the scope? If, you know? if you're if you're looking, if it's just a, a fucking short series, you're talking a you know six episode I mean, maybe, series or yeah. something. That'd be that'd be legit as fuck, man. It'd yeah, be good. Amazon, just like any other company that produces television. No, they're gonna fuck if it up. If something is successful, they're gonna make more of it. Right. You know? Well, like they did with uh, Lock and Key, like they basically finished the entire series in the first you know season, and then they're like, all right. Yeah, Season that was, two. That was Netflix, though. I know, I know. It was dirty. It was dirty what yeah. they did. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, I think it was Amazon that's picking that one up. It, okay. Forgive me if I'm mistaken, uh, but it should. I loved this series. I thought it was a kick-ass series. I would like to see fucking Birthright too, but I'll never get that. And it's not Scott Snyder, so it's not. There's. I was super gonna say, there's a couple of things that I think would make for some good series. Uh, Moonshine. Oh, Moonshine would be badass. Werewolf story. Yep. Yeah. Uh, redneck. A vampire story. There's a few really good ones that I think, man, they should turn these into television. They really should. Sex criminals. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you think, see, like, people hear that and they think, what? Sex I know, criminals. I know. It's actually a very beautiful story. It's a good series. I about just... people trying to save a library. They're trying to save a library that's going to get closed and all the books are going to get destroyed. They're trying to save a library. Like this. And yeah, sex plays a part of it. But they're trying to save a library. <laughs> um, but so anyway, what else, right? Like, I know me personally, I finished up the Resident Evil 4 remake. Or more, I was forced to finish up the Resident Evil 4 remake because God of War Ragnarok dropped New Game Plus. Oh, God. 
Uh, so I spent uh, more time in that game, carrying over all my stuff, maxing out all my armors and weapons and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I just finished it last night, actually. It's why I was a little late today, because nice. I was up to like three in the morning. Jesus, dude. Because I was so close, and I was just, it was like one, and I was like, oh, I can't stop now. I'm, I'm in like in the end game here. I can't You're, stop. We're here, man. We're yeah, here. I got to continue. I got to finish this up. Uh, but now I think I got to play Jedi Fallen Order, because Jedi Survivor comes out in like, week and a half and then i'll have literally two weeks to finish jedi survivor before tears of the kingdom comes out well i mean your time will be perfect then i don't know if i can do that. it depends on how big jedi I survivor is in you. yeah well, it depends on how big it is the first <laughs> one's pretty big like it's got a lot of that metroidvania like re re revisiting old locations with yeah. new abilities type of stuff going on so if that stuff carries over in a Jedi survivor in a bigger game, that could take some time, you know? Hells yeah, it could. So, but I mean, you've got 60 hours in the next two weeks. You can, I believe in look, you. there's a, but there's a very good chance that if Jedi survivor is not finished on the day, tears of the kingdom drops, I'm just not going to finish. Jedi It'll be survivor. abandoned. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> Until later. <laughs> It'll take I, me a couple months to get back to it. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm so hyped for this game. I cannot wait to play this game. I know game. you are. I know you are. I just am so excited. So my D&D group is getting back together. It's It sounds like a fucking broken relationship when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting back together. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so Thursday we're getting, uh, we're getting the group back together and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's like a cautious optimism here. So I had a couple of people, that I wanted to play in it, but are like, yeah, I can't commit to every week or every other week or anything like that. So I'd sure. like to have like a stand in spot. Um, not always the most fun thing to do as a DM and I'm DM in this go around. So I'm like, all right, that's, that's cool. No worries. Yeah. Um, but I have the group that I have is four people. I've got two people that want to rotate as stand ins and, okay. uh, in, in our stories canon, because we're developing our own world here, um, we have a uh, schizophrenic barbarian named Him, who will him? be yes, who will be played by anybody that is just filling in. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to to explain why everything's always everything's so always different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, yeah. Sure. If if people see him in town, they're like, "Oh, that's him." Like I don't, him, who, who? Yeah, yeah him. him. Yeah, him don't, exactly. Don't know his name today. You're, That's why we call him him. He's setting up an old who's on first routine exactly, there with exactly. his name being him. Um, <laughs> but I, I was so I got I basically got where I want to take the story all mapped out and everything, and I'm very excited about that. And I I won't say it on here just in case one of my players watches this. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we spoiling things that they might not want to right, hear about yet. Right. But I, I mapped out the first session and I was really stoked about it. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be cool. And it's going to further the story. The thing that sucked is we ended on kind of a bad note. I think we've talked about it on the show before, um, where the guy that was DMing got upset because we made a, uh, suck you into your own butthole arrow. Let's <laughs> and we used it on the big bad. I think we did talk about this. Yeah. We did. I'm we pretty did. sure we did. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it. Um, and, uh, after, after, like, because this will be our uh, third campaign in our little world that we're making here. Right. And I'm like, man, I want to switch play systems now. I don't want to do 5e anymore. Um, so you picked up 
Pathfinder second edition for me. And I'm very yeah. excited to uh, start to read into this. We're not going to, we're going to do five E for this, you know, this series, but moving forward after this, it's going to be fucking Pathfinder. And I am sure. stoked. I, again, I, I hope you're, 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 uh, understanding of the fact though that it is pretty 5e i know I'm, like in I'm, the way it's designed I'm, I'm good with that i i there's a there's an elegance in the simplicity of 5e that i really enjoy sure uh and that's one of the reasons why i didn't want to go first edition pathfinder because it's a little more uh numbers heavy yeah. and i don't well, it's, i don't want based because it's based on 3.5 right i yeah. don't want to do that and i don't want to do that to my players no, yeah, I don't. I mean, now that I've seen a more streamlined version of it, I don't want to play first edition Pathfinder right. anymore. Like, so that's why that's so enticing to me, and it's supposed to just scale a little better than Five E. Sure. And I know you're like, it's the same. But uh, again, it just mechanically, it's the same. And I'm good. I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, you know, different it is when it comes to what happens during leveling up and sure. what kind of choices you get to make, or or is there more emphasis on this or that. I don't know the ins and outs, but I know that like mechanically it has, you know, the advantage and disadvantage thing that oh, yeah. five E introduced where you're rolling two dice when you're when you have the advantage or disadvantage. So we actually have a house rule for that, and advantage and disadvantage are add three or minus three to your roll. Um so we don't actually roll two dice for oh, it. Rolling two dice is the best, man. I know people like it, but we had it so when when we started, I just did it as plus or minus. And uh I gave the group an option. I was like, look, man we're moving forward. We're going to do this one way. So I want you guys to pick. And they're like, we really like the plus three minus three. So we want to just do that. Right. So that's, I just like rolling both my dice. And I know taking you the do. higher result on advantage. I know you result. do. And sometimes that could fuck you. Right. You know, I've rolled double ones. Like, oh, well, I critical, screwed. critical fail. Screwed. <laughs> but oh. I've also rolled double twenties. So Tara and I are going to do some, uh, we're going to make some dice here soon. Make your own dice, huh? Yes, I am fucking stoked. Well, you, you better get that little cup of water so you can give them the water test, you know? Oh, yes, yes, the cup of water. Um, Do you know what the water test is? Yeah, to oh, see okay. if there's bubbles in it. Yeah, to see if the the, the, the die is balanced. Yeah, we're going to be doing resin dice, so oh, okay. uh, I'm fucking stoked about it, man. It's it's a ridiculous thing to be excited about, but she was like, I want to do some resin stuff, and I was like, let's do fucking dice. <laughs> and she's like, That's like immediately where your mind went. Yeah. Resin dice. Funny enough, she was talking. She was talking about it for uh, my shaving brand, Wizard Supply. She's like, "Hey, I think moving forward we should do this as like a more boutique thing than what you've done so far." Sure. And I was like, "That's a great idea." She's like, "We should do stuff with resin." And I was like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "And we could make dice too that we could send out with some of your orders." I was like, "We could just do full sets of fucking dice, big dice, yeah." yeah. And she's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world." <laughs> and she's like, "We're talking about shaving." I'm like, "Dice need to shave." Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're ridiculous, man. I am, but god damn it, yeah, I love dice. Everybody does. I so I sent one of my players in to see you because he lives in Arnold. Um, it, when he was initially picking up his dice for D and D because it was his first time buying dice, he was brand new to D and I was like, "Yeah, I go here." I was like, "A uh, good friend of mine, Jason, works there. Um, he'll take good care of you." I'm like, I, "I recommend rolling out your dice." Jason doesn't believe in that, and nah. he goes, "He goes." I go up there and I'm, I asked the guy, and he knew it was you. <laughs> Because you knew it I, was me? Yeah, because I had described oh, you. Yeah. Um, 
he's like, I asked the guy, should I roll these out? And he's like, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. And I was like, yeah, that's Jason. I'm like, did he laugh? And he was like, yes. I was, I was like, what did it sound like? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I was like, did he have glasses, long hair, and a beard? Yes. I was like, that was definitely Jason. Did you love him? <laughs> no one loves me. Oh, shut up. No one loves me. Good Lord. Not in that capacity, because I, I dash your hopes, right? People say, oh, I should roll these dice. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's completely random probability. Like, why? So, what is that going to tell you? I'm going to roll these five D20s and the two that roll the best I'm going to buy. Why? Because the other three will never roll good like that? I no, will, they I, will. I always rolled them multiple times and then took the ones that did the best. <laughs> that has no bearing on how it's they're going to do. It's science and magic, Jason. It is not. Science and It's called probability. <laughs> what if there's an air bubble in it? It's not balanced. Chessex does not sell dice that are not balanced they have come so far oh no believe it i have i have busted out the cup of water just to show people my first set of dice that were chess x john perks bought for me look i'm not saying they're the best i'm not saying they they don't have problems what i am saying is i don't see unbalanced dice come from their company very often sure and that less often is better than more often. Oh, of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. Because some of those other companies, I have seen unbalanced dice frequently. Sure. And I'm not naming any names, but I will say, Chessex has been in the game the longest. They have and, a quality product, yes. And they sell a quality product. They do. I'm not I'm not disputing that. Yeah. It's just, they can't all be perfect. So again, it's all probability. Roll your shit. Probability. <laughs> If it rolls good, that doesn't mean it's never going to roll bad. And if it rolls bad, that doesn't mean it's never going to roll good. I have my my set of, I have a set of dice, which I've taken from my collection, <laughs> because these dice roll the best. No, everybody, they don't. Everybody out of the dice that I have, I'm not saying in the world, just out of what I have, and <laughs> promise you they don't, bud. And other people have witnessed this, and they're like, "Hey, can I borrow that?" I need to roll that one here. This is this is a big deal. Nonsense. You're speaking nonsense. <laughs> speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. It's magic. Dice are magic. Nope. Everybody knows it. It's science. Science and magic they're... are indistinguishable. Yep, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> We're at that point as a species. Yep, sure. Why not? Any sufficiently advanced technology must be magic. Have you seen how your phone works? Nobody understands how that fucker works. No, we do. We absolutely understand exactly how it works. <laughs> That's definitely magic. It's not magic. You ever pulled a lighter out it's of technology. your pocket? <laughs> Those shouldn't work. You can't hold fire in your pocket. You would die. Oh, of course. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, I think that's all the nerdy things I'm up to. Yeah, that's, that's, I, uh, that's I am it. getting ready to start a game, the Zelda game I've been talking about forever, but it's probably going to have to wait until uh, next month. So, Damn. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. ready. I'm, I'm... All I'm waiting on right now is miniatures because a friend of mine has got a 3D printer and is making me four miniatures for the four champions because awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's nice to have those. Perfect. Yeah. No, uh, one of the conversations that I recently had with Tara was like, hey, we need to get a 3D printer. And she was like, do you even know how to use it? I was like, that doesn't matter. It's not hard. Yeah. Here, I am not bashing Mike Brodeur at all. He is a very, very fucking smart man. (laughs) 
But why do I feel like there's a butt coming there is a, there is in? A, there is and a you butt are here. gonna bash Mike Broder. I'm not gonna bash him, but he can 3D print things. Sure. So I know, and like the computer is not his forte. <laughs> Again, so there's the bashing, right? It's there's not, the butt. It's not bashing. If Mike Brodeur, the dumb guy, can do it, <laughs> anybody the, can do he's it. He's not the dumb guy. That he's, was your implication there. No, I'm just throwing that out there. My, my implication If this guy there, can do it, anybody can do it. My implication there was computers aren't his strong suit, and if he can figure that out, I can do right. that. Again, what I just said. If this guy can do it, anyone can do it. That's not, what you just not, said. Not the dumb guy, It doesn't guy, matter though. that you not jumble the up guy. the words. <laughs> You're still saying, if he can do it, anyone can. Bro, Dora is the salt of the earth, and everybody loves him. <laughs> and I don't like that you're implying that I'm implying that he's dumb. because I don't Then think don't imply it. I didn't imply that he was <laughs> dumb, just that he's not did. great with computers. Somebody had to be not great with computers. He's good at everything. He's 40-something, 47 years old, doesn't look it. So, God no. damn it, he has to have something that he's not good at, that fuck. <laughs> and it's computers. I love you, Mike. We do. We do love you, Mike. <laughs> we don't think you're dumb. No, not at all. <laughs> Although Chris was implying it, so. <laughs> Guys, go to our website. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow all of our That was it. Show's videos. over. <laughs> Fuck this show. <laughs> I'm triggered. <laughs> um, go to entertainthegeeky.com. You can follow all of our social media stuffs there. There's, you know, buttons to click and links and whatnot. You can use the promo code. They're probably all around us. You can use the promo code geeky to get a free copy of Merle's Truck Stop in Maine, the world famous one page role playing game. Uh, do you have any parting words that you would like to leave these lovely folks with? Yes. And this is very important. Only take what you can handle and always know your dealer. <laughs> As always, stay geeky. <laughs> You made me do that. That was incredible. You put me on the spot, and that was the only parting word I could think of. Uh, it's from Mr. Show. Dr dr drugs. Drugs. It's from Mr. Show. Uh, Bert Kreischer said, hey, when, you're, when you take drugs and you're in college, only take half. See if you like it, and if you do, take the other half. <laughs> only take what you can handle and always know your dealer. That's too funny. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> All right. You got to say your thing here. Bonus content. Okay, yes. so here's what here's what we're gonna do. Pull this shit's up. I, I'll pull it up on the TV. Okay. TV. We're gonna TV it. Your TV's on wheels. That's, that's insane. This is a classroom. A place of learning. All right. So uh, should I should I set the scene here? What we're gonna do here? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch. Uh, we talked about in a previous episode, if you're, you're the kind of person out there who's been following along with what we've been doing, we talked in a previous episode about a gameplay trailer uh, that they showed, that Nintendo showed off for Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Uh, and it looks goofy and fun and interesting. Uh, and I didn't think so soon after that they would show off what they're calling the final trailer for the game. Uh, and it is the first trailer. I mean, we've been talking about this game for years and years now. 
this is the first time I think we finally understood what some of the plot of this game was going to be. And spoiler alert, we were right on the guesses that we made. All of us <laughs> nerds who've been speculating about this for months and months and months and years and years, we were right. Uh, and it's, I've never been more hyped for a video game after, after watching this trailer. So I have seen the trailer. I have not. Chris has not seen the trailer. So we're going to watch the trailer for the first time and, and we're going to gauge Chris's reaction here. So serene. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, so serene. <clears throat> Look at all the islands. I, I can't, can't get over the sky islands, can't man. I need to explore all that. It's going to be beautiful. This little guy's just fighting. Yep. Just fighting. Getting after it. This guy tending the tree. Tending it? He's cutting <laughs> that motherfucker down. Oh, they, they, they tend the trees. There he is. Linkus. Old Linkus. I like his braided sandals there. With his <laughs> with his Anakin arm. Yeah. Woo. Yoshi. The world's so big. It's so big. There's just so much to do. That's how they know. Castle Town? Like, what? <laughs> Climbing a goddamn mountain? What is that? Circle thing? This is uh, something's rising from the desert as the castle also rises. That's demise. I feel like that's demise. Oh, get her with your scary arm. That's clearly an underground. Look, what is that? Okay, hold on. So we got to pause for a second. Oh, here. my God. This is a fucking sky ship. Yeah, airship. Yeah. You'd say airship, I'm I, assuming. I said sky. Because <laughs> I saw it in the sky. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Oh my God. Okay. All it's right. It's nuts. Wingsuit. <laughs> Lacrosse. Oh, what is this? Zonai. I think that's a Zonai. Oh my God. The fucking elemental thing. Sonai. <laughs> Jesus. I know. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Return to sender. Incredible. <laughs> More of this underground stuff. I can't wait to see. Look, he made a robot. Yeah, so we did specifically, we specifically talked about crafting items and what, what you'll be able to build with the right. ultra hand ability. And clearly, that guy you built can a make robot. fucking robots. He built a mech.
Oh my god. Full on Ganondorf. Oh, you get to fight alongside friends. Yes. Holy shit. We're not we're not done. Oh. Look at the look at the that's Ganondorf on the wall. Like this part of the this prophecy. It's like Egyptian yeah. yes, ask text or scrolling or whatnot. It's part of the prophecy. It's less than a month. Five, it's, twelve, it's twenty three. That's fucking sick, dude. I've never been more hyped for a video game. That video game is going to be amazing. That, yeah. So here, oops. Whoa. Hello. Oh, you're Mr. Awanuma's talking behind us here. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that game is going to be huge. Yeah. Like just the amount of shit that you can do in it. I, I know, I know I've talked about the Switch multiple times on the show and I talk about it to my friends and stuff like that. I do think that is a truly incredible device. The amount of shit that you can do in that game and what you're able to do on that tiny console is just fucking incredible. You get to build robots now in a yeah. Zelda game. Well, yeah, you also have to remember that Breath of the Wild was not developed for Switch. Right. Breath of the Wild was developed for Wii U and then ported to the Switch for as a launch title. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was not a game that was built to use the Switch's hardware, this is... Right. This is a game that is now fully taking advantage of what the Switch has Everything to offer. Everything that the platform has to yeah. offer, yes. Uh, and this is this is years into, into the platform also, so we know the ins and outs of it. Developers have really keyed into it. Oh, yeah, Nintendo AAA, they only develop for Nintendo. It's That's, not like they're developing for Sony or Microsoft, you know? It's going to be an incredible game. That looks Ugh. fucking wild. Did you man. see how jacked Ganondorf is? It's huge. He's jacked, man. Also, look, the guy I love, the guy that I talked about in the episode we just did, mm -hmm. or at least prior to that episode, I don't remember when we talked about that, but Zeltic, this dude on YouTube that I, I enjoy, that I really follow, yeah, he seems to think, and I'm not saying he's wrong, I just disagree. Uh, he seems to think that that thing we saw that I am clearly saying that's demise. He seems to think that's also Ganondorf, that that's like some kind of final form Super or something. Saiyan yeah. form of Ganondorf. I don't think so. I think this game is bringing back, bringing around full circle the elements that built the chronology of the Zelda world. Hylia, uh, um, demise, and introducing into it the lost culture of Hyrule, the Zonai, who've been living in the sky until Ganondorf is resurrected and breaks the cloud barrier, allowing the sky islands to not only be seen from the ground, but they start to move closer to the, 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 the planet's surface, right? I think the rising into the, the, the castle rising into the sky has everything to do with now we understand, oh, look, there are sky islands where we couldn't see them before. And those people are the Zonai, and I think that's who that person we see. That crazy-looking yeah, awesome like thing? The, yeah, that is some kind of other species. I think that's a Zonai. I think the guy talking to Zelda is a Zonai, or maybe even their king, um, because his his little... His 
his Crest little necklace or whatever. thing. Yeah. Like that is very much Zonai, right? You can look at the similarities between the ruins you find in the Breath of the Wild world and the the adornments on these people. There's also a shot in the trailer where we see a woman uh, who's dressed an awful lot like Zelda and kind of looks like Zelda, but her ears are a little pointier, mm-hmm. a little little longer. Um, her hair's a little longer. She looks older. I think that's Hylia. Really? I think that's either the goddess Hylia or... I also was thinking it could be a previous version of Zelda. Of Zelda. Yeah, that's like kind of where I was going with it. Could be her mother, maybe. Yeah. They talked about her mother, but we never met her mother. And her mother would just be... Zelda. Zelda. Yeah. Because all the daughters of the royal family are named Zelda. Right. So she would just be Zelda, you know? <laughs> I don't know why they always say Zelda's mother. I'm like, you can just call her Zelda, guys. We know her name is Zelda. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more so <laughs> about not confusing <laughs> those sure. playing... Because they're like, are we talking about this lady or are we talking about the one that came before her? Her mother's name is Zelda. Right. (laughs) It's just Zelda. (laughs) All right, Zelda. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to need you to get in contact with Zelda (laughs) and then great Zelda. (laughs) But yeah, I I just, I have no words, man. There are so many things in that trailer that are going on. Uh, The companions from the previous game, like uh, Sidon and, and, and Tulin. Little Tulin, the little bird kid who is the bird guy from the first game's son, now like teenage right. or whatever, like flying and, and, and working with Link. It's insane. The tears of the kingdom, actual tears, you can see them all across the trailer. Really pay attention, right? Because Zelda is holding one in her hand. Mm-hmm. And when we see her in that wide shot, she's wearing it as a necklace. But uh, Riju also has one in the shot where we see... Her and Sidon, Sidon has one on his hand. When we see Ganondorf, he has one on, on his, his head. Yeah. There are supposed to be seven tiers of the kingdom, which implies to me that we could be getting a return to more traditional Zelda dungeons, right? Here's the seven things you need to find before you can take on the final boss. Get all your tiers to the kingdom. Right, get all your tiers of the kingdom. And I think there's going to be time travel involved because... There's one shot where he's standing in the throne room of Hyrule Castle and it's pristine again. It's like, it hasn't been pristine in a hundred years. Right, long time. Yeah, like you had to travel back. And when Zelda says, find me at the end of the trailer, she's sitting on an island and we can see the background of where she is. So that island not only is close to the ground, but in a recognizable spot in Hyrule. So it's like, find you why does he have to find you're right there what do you mean find me is he lost maybe she's lost in time Mm. and link will have to time travel to help her similar to skyward sword he'll have to do what link does so all the things all the things from skyward sword i think are coming back around full circle the goddess hylia demise sky islands all of it's coming back right I'm excited. I'm just very excited. They're wrapping it all up, like I said, also in the Zonai, who are very interesting, right? In the in the lore, the Zonai like took their whole society and just went to the sky because they didn't want to bend the knee to the king of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. So they just said, all right, we'll just leave. <laughs> they took Fuck their it. whole society to the sky. We're going that way. Yeah. Bye. Also, when you look at their prophecy wall, because that's clearly a Zonai prophecy wall. Mm-hmm. Not only is it Ganondorf, which is not in the original prophecy. The original prophecy is about Calamity Ganon. Mm-hmm. 
but their prophecy looks like the original prophecy in the way that the characters are designed. So I wonder if the Sheikah and the Zonai were once one tribe. Maybe. Or maybe his history been rewritten at all. No, I think that we just, because the Zonai left with their part of the prophecy, mm-hmm. we just didn't know that the prophecy no, went No, we didn't on. have the full thing. Right, we I didn't see you. the full picture. We were only seeing the picture that the Sheikah had, yeah. which was the return and rise of Calamity Ganon. We didn't get to see the the, the part of the prophecy that the, the Zonai have, which was about Calamity Ganon's fall leading to Ganondorf's resurrection. So what's funny is talking about this now, I'm like, okay, I I decided the other day that I was like, man, I'm going to take some time away from Overwatch because I'm not really having fun with it right now. Play Breath of the Wild. That's exactly what I was going to do. I was like, man, if I'm going to if I'm going to sit down and game, I guess I'm just going to be playing Breath of the Wild so that I can it's get so through good. that and be ready for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And Tears of the Kingdom looks better. And I'm going to tell you, that's somebody who when I got my Nintendo Switch, it was a Christmas gift from Corey. Yeah. And she won Christmas that year. We we always have this thing where we like I'll I'll get a gift that I'm just like this is the best gift anyone's gonna get this year. I win this year, but I and I thought I had won that year until I opened up a Nintendo Switch. I was like, damn, you win. That's the best <laughs> gift. But you are a saint. I bought Breath of the Wild that day. Yeah, and 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 started playing it. And I'm not even kidding you. Ten minutes into the game, I I turned. I had a tear in my eye, and I'm not exaggerating. I literally had it because it's beautiful. It's such a it thing is. that I never could have expected Zelda would become. And I, I I said, babe, I am never gonna get tired of this, ever. I still play a Link to the Past from Super Nintendo. Right. I am never gonna get tired of this ever, and I never have. And Tears of the Kingdom looks to just build upon what made that so special. That's amazing. Ugh. This this series has my heart, man. Zelda is something that's ingrained in me from childhood. It's it's so funny because being on the show, we talk about so Nintendo's like the bastard child of consoles. Uh in uh, in I would in a strange with that way. Strongly. In in a strange way. Here here's here's my my supporting argument for that. And you can you can debate it further from here. All the other consoles, what they're doing is they're trying to make just the most powerful machine to get the most you know, most that they can out of graphics, out of frame okay, rates and all that. Um, not that titles are any worse or better or anything like that. Yeah, I see where you're going but with But game designers then want to use these platforms because of the power that the machine itself possesses. It's so crazy that on the the least powerful one out of all of them, that we're getting titles like this, and they're exclusives. Yeah, like, Nintendo has proven time and time again that it's not about the presentation. It's about the gameplay. Oh, 100%. Can you innovate? Can you create something? Because they don't, their formulas are very simple. But they work, man. But Every they work fucking so time. well. And they evolve it just enough to make it new. Right. Right? Super Mario Odyssey is just like any other Super Mario 3D game. Well, with the exception of Super Mario Sunshine, because that game was bonkers. But... Super Mario Odyssey is just like any other, but adding in that one little additional thing where you can throw your hat at things in the world and take control of them mm-hmm. changes everything. Right. And, and it's fun. It's a simple concept, simple design, but it's fun. And that's what Nintendo does best. They do so much with so little. Right. Whereas well, the other consoles, they do so little with so much. Right. And that's, that's, I guess that's what I was kind of alluding to yeah. with this, like, wow, wow. 
Yeah, and I'm not saying everything. They're right, not shit or anything are, like that. There are great AAA yes. titles like Ab- God of War Ragnarok Absolutely. that I just went through, like Horizon. Last of know, Us. We just, Last you know, of us, there's yeah. a bunch of really great stuff out there, but Nintendo it's just, does so much with so little. They really do. And they, here, outside of like, you're talking Nintendo Super, Nintendo 64, I, I feel like was the, okay. That was the leap forward. Though. That was that was, a, that that was, was at a huge... time when 3D gaming became right. common. And when it was it was nuts. It was fucking nuts. 64 bits. It was amazing. It was absolutely insane. After that, um, your Xbox, your PS2s, PS3s. That was that was the shit. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Nintendo was kind of in this weird spot. They had the Wii, the Wii U. The Wii was amazing, but it wasn't. Don't forget about the little box that could. The oh Game yeah, the Cube. GameCube GameCube was incredible. You have one of them. I know. I love and this room you know what's something. funny? That's probably my all-time favorite console is GameCube. I don't see it right now, but it's, you... it's somewhere over. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, you have one of those. Yeah, no, you that's have an original Nintendo sitting right there beside me. I know. <laughs> so I got that when I was five or six years old, too. That's what I'm saying. I, I agree with what you're saying, right? They it doesn't seem like they're on par with what no, but what your PlayStation or your Xbox is again. Fuck, man. But what they do innovates in a way. Look, Breath of the Wild set the standard for what every open world game after it was and became. Of course. It definitely absolutely changed how we look at open world games. And I think as as Nintendo is that little console that could, right, has been innovating gaming all our lives. Oh, for sure. That doesn't mean how, how do you I guess my thing is how genius are these developers and stuff that are doing that? Because there's a purposeful restriction that they're placing on themselves by working in the space that they they're are. Working with hardware that's not as powerful. Yeah. yeah I mean it's literally so what's inside the switch is a Tegra, it's a Tegra one or Tegra two chipset, which is a cell phone processor. Yeah. That's it. Right. Um I think they upgraded it slightly with the newer version of the yeah, switch. The, like O L E D version. Yeah, but better it's better screen and better lighting effects. It's and, not a powerhouse. It's not no. running fucking 32 gigs of RAM or whatever a PS five is. No. And these purposeful restrictions that they place on themselves and still being able to turn out something as expansive as that with such a just vast and amazing story. It's just like, dude, you guys are incredible. Yeah. Like fucking incredible. Yeah. I can't wait. I haven't been this hyped for a game in a long time. I, mean, I cannot wait to play this game. 